Good morning. Thank you for worshiping with us, whether in person, through live stream, podcast, or sermon by phone. We thank all that make these services happen. We wish to remind you that our in-person service is live streamed on our YouTube channel, Virtual Trinity UCC Summerside. Offering plates will continue to be available at the entrances. Please check the bulletin for other ways to give or contact the church office if you require assistance. Today's service leadership is provided by the Youth Bar Church that will share the stories about God's creation and our respect of earth. We thank them for sharing their time and talent. Junior Church will return May 7th for another six-week time of fellowship, learning, and sharing. For all other information on the life and work of Trinity, a copy of the bulletin can be found on Trinity's website, trinitysummerside.ca, or available by contacting the church office. We acknowledge that the land upon which we gather is unceded Mi'kmaq territory. Epiquit, Prince Edward Island, is covered by the historic treaties of peace and friendship. We pay our respects to the indigenous Mi'kmaq people who have occupied this island for over 12,000 years, past, present, and future. We now light the Christ candle, which is a bit of light into this dark world. Let us prepare ourselves for worship. good apart from you. As for the holy ones in the land, they are the noble ones in whom is all my delight. Amen. Now, we're going to sing a couple courses of Halle because we need to sing Hallelujah this morning. And then we're going to move you to this is the day because this is the day that God has made. But let's get up on our feet and celebrate with Hallelujah. Holly, 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 and then we'll move into this is the day.
repeated section, you get to do the repeat. I didn't put it in brackets, but you can see. We sing This Is The Day, then you sing it back to us. Anytime there's a repeat, jump in. If you happen to sing our part, don't worry about it. We love to hear you sing. Here we go. And this is the day. This is the day that the God has made. We will rejoice. Day of creation, the wind of God blew, wish, whoosh, 
swoosh. God said, let there be light. Crackle, boom, bang. There was light. God saw that the light was good. Then split, or yeah, split. God divided the light and the darkness into day and night. On the second day, God said, let there be a sky. Pillow, billow, puff. There was a sky. God saw that the sky was good. On the third day, God said, let there be water and dry land. Drip, drop, kerplunk. There was water. Crackle, crunch, snap. There was dry land. God saw that the water and the land were good. Then God said that there will be plants and trees. Rumble, rustle, pop. There were plants and trees. God saw that the plants and trees were good. On the fourth day, God said, let there be a sun and a moon and stars. Glimmer, shimmer, shine. There was a sun and a moon and thousands of stars. God saw that the sun and the moon and stars were good. On the fifth day, God said, let there be sea animals that swim and birds that fly. Wiggle, splish, splash. There were sea animals. Flutter, putter, tweet. There were birds. God saw that the sea animals and birds were good. On the sixth, sixth day, God said, let there be animals of every kind on earth. Growl, prowl, snort. There were animals with fur. Skitter, scatter, creep. There were bugs. Slither, slink, hop. There were reptiles. God saw that the animals and bugs and reptiles were good. Then God said, let there be people on the earth. Blink, wink, hiccup. There were people on the earth. God saw that the people were good. On the seventh day, God said, it is time to rest. Phew, phew, ah. God and all their creation rested. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in the one spirit we are all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and we were all made to drink of one spirit. Indeed, the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot would say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear would say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole body were a hearing be, where would the sense of smell be? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. If all were a single member, there would be, where would the body be? As it is, there are many members, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the members of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable, and those members of the body that we think less honorable we clothe with greater honor, and our less respectable members are treated with greater respect, whereas our more respectable members do not meet this. But God has so arranged the body, giving the greater honor to the inferior member, that there may be no dissension within the body, but the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together with it. If one member is honored, all rejoice together with it. Thank you for those readings. We're going to continue, and we're going to remain seated, except for those of us up here, to sing It's a Song of Praise to the Maker, a song written by Ron Klusmeyer and the words by Ruth Duck, and we celebrate our creation in this song. Oh, my 
created an interdependent world in which we have been called by God to be his caretakers, overseeing that everything is cared for and nurtured in order that all might work for the mutual benefit of each other and for the glories of God. Currently, there are approximately 7.5 billion people in the world. And currently, farmers are yearly growing enough food to feed 10 billion people. Despite this, we live in a world where people suffer and die from hunger. As God's caretakers and followers of Jesus, we know that the distribution system currently used within our world to share the gifts of God's creation is neither working effectively nor is it following the example of Jesus and what he taught his disciples. Neither life nor ministry were intended by God to be solo acts. Think about what Jesus did before he even began his ministry. He gathered his 12 disciples and showed them what a difference each of their time and talents could make. Our time and talents can also make that difference. We are called to be the church that strives to love, value, and support God's creations. A church that embodies the caretaking role that God has exampled to all of us through his anointed one. All glory is God's. Amen.
that shows how communities of faith around us are addressing climate change. Greenhouse gases trap and hold the heat from infrared radiation in the atmosphere. They keep Earth at a habitable temperature until their quantities exceed the natural balance. This causes global warming and cause changes in the climate. According to Environmental Protection Agency, EPA, the important greenhouse gases are water vapor, carbon dioxide, methane and nitrous oxide. Although water vapor is the most abundant greenhouse gas, its impact on global warming is significantly less than CO2. CO2 is abundant and has an atmospheric lifetime of 300 to 1000 years and its warming effect outlives the effect of others by centuries. That is why it is important to decarbonize. Decarbonization efforts by the United Church of Canada faith communities in central Labrador and Nova Scotia. The decarbonization strategies used by the Northwest River Church were fuel decarbonization and conserving resources through recycling. According to the United Nations Environment Program, the fashion industry is responsible for 10% of global greenhouse gas emissions. Every year the fashion industry uses 93 billion cubic meters of water, enough to meet the consumption needs of 5 million people. Therefore recycling clothes reduces carbon emission and conserves resources. The staff actions contribute to keeping clothes out of the landfill where it takes almost 200 plus years for textiles to decompose. The clothing bank provides up to 20% of church costs. While the church makes significant income from the shop, the priority is in getting items where they are most needed. Decarbonization strategies by the faith communities in Nova Scotia. St. Matthew's Church's strategy to decarbonize were through educating, empowering and engaging their congregation through advocacy and supporting organizations and local groups on decarbonization efforts and integrating care of environment in worship. The church spread awareness of climate change-related community events and sustainable practices through their newsletter Good Tidings. The church supported the national initiative by the Council of Canadians and 350.org by petitioning the federal government to legislate just transition. Signed petition COP26 leaders to take urgent action against climate change, stood with Owl's Head protesters and successfully stopped the bid to turn a wilderness park into a golf course. The worship routinely includes elements related to nature or climate change in all aspects of the worship like in the hymns, sermons and displays as a consistent reminder that every day is Earth Day. The church plans to do an energy audit to bring the church to the highest green standards. The special committee called Earth Spirit Action formed to focus on climate change and climate justice. They will function as researchers to obtain relevant information to bring the church to the required standards. The decarbonization strategies used by St. Luke's Church Upper Tantalan Nova Scotia were aggressive building and appliance efficiency measures, and electricity decarbonization. The aggressive building energy conservation measure was upgrading the insulation to R50. Old appliances replaced, and LED bulbs installed in all the light fixtures, a 55.887 kilowatts solar panel system was installed on the church roof. The roof was rebuilt to structurally support the weight of the solar panels. These energy-saving initiatives reduced electricity consumption to half of 2014 levels. The solar panel installation was funded through a loan from Church Extension Fund, a grant from Region 15 Hunter Fund, and through local fundraising. The panels have since generated over 84,000 kilowatt-hours of energy. This represents the reduction of over 16 tons of CO2 emissions, the equivalent of the planting of almost 1,000 trees. In addition, the Solar Energy for Community Buildings program allows the church to sell the generated power to NS Power at a contracted enhanced rate for 20 years. This provides a source of ongoing revenue that will pay for the project within nine years and support the church's work thereafter. Decarbonization measures by the Berwick United Church, Berwick, 
Nova Scotia were electrification and electricity decarbonization. The church transitioned from an oil-fired heating system to heat pumps. The transition required electric upgrade to 400 amps. Although the total cost of the transition was over $70,000, it was all covered through the grants and incentives, HST rebates and individual donations. The United Church offers $30,000 as grant to move from an oil-fired heating, and Nova Scotia offers grants and incentives to install heat pumps. There was an immediate saving of $5,000 this winter from price of oil, however only a marginal increase in the cost of power, as the heat pumps were very efficient. The church buys hydroelectric power from the town of Berwick and plan to invest in town solar farm when it becomes functional summer 2022. The Buller Dairy Pastoral Charge Cape Breton Nova Scotia promoted decarbonization through advocacy. Sunday school children distributed to the congregation climate pledges, it was a modified version of, for the love of creation. The first United Church's decarbonization strategies were, mobilizing government and community, to decarbonize and integrating care of environment in worship. Give It Up for the Earth is a national faith in action campaign intended to raise awareness about climate change and mobilize people across Canada to reduce household greenhouse gas emissions, engage in acts of solidarity, and collect signatures as a demonstration of support for increased federal government action. Celebrating Earth Sunday St. Andrew's United Church, Halifax, Nova Scotia supported the efforts of Council of Canadians, 350.org, Ecology Action Centre and Students' Strike for Climate Change Towards Decarbonization. Climate change does not affect everyone equally. Climate change will have a disproportional effect on distinct groups, communities and populations. An approach that aims to minimize the impact on workers and communities, and to engage with the individuals and organizations who are impacted is called Just Transition. During the four weeks leading to COP26, the Church supported the national initiative by the Council of Canadians and 350.org to legislate Just Transition. 100 congregation members signed the petition which was sent to our MP Andy Fillmore. It was tabled in Parliament by our MP. We received written responses from three federal ministers. Members of St. Andrews joined Ecology Action Center and Students' Strike for Climate Change to contact the municipal representatives to vote in favor of a proposed 3% increase in our tax. This increase in tax was meant to fully fund HRM's multi-year climate change response plan, Halif Act. Together, we were successful. Now Halifax Regional Municipality has the most comprehensive climate change mitigation plans. Hello, my name is Mark Hazen, and I am Chair of the Unified Board of Great United Church in Dartmouth, Nova Scotia, and I am here in our 100-plus-year-old building. This building sees a lot of use for both from community groups and micro-businesses using our kitchen and our own activities. As a church, our new creed says we are to live with respect in creation. And for the last decade or so, our property committee has been working very hard at doing just that. We have upgraded our lighting systems. We have insulated where needed. We've added programmable thermostats so on. Last spring and summer, due to a grant from Region 15's new ministry and revitalization we got the money for an energy audit and this has set us up to take the next step in reducing our energy footprint. So following that energy audit, we are in the midst of updating our heating system, replacing large oil-fired furnaces with heat pumps. And thanks to grants from the provincial and federal governments through Efficiency One 
and matching grants from Faithful Footprints, the, the national church. We're well on our way to that. The new power system has been installed, and we are just waiting for the new heat pumps to arrive. This will free up further space in our building that will allow us to do more programs within the community. We are grateful for the support that allows us to make these changes so that we can reduce our greenhouse gas emissions and our energy footprint. The information is in. The earth is heating up by three degrees as a result of burning carbon. The results are and will be profound. St. George and St. Andrew United Church of Canada and Annapolis Royal is working towards installing an electrical system that incorporates heat pumps, new and more efficient doors, insulation, and solar panels on the roof of the church. The changes, based upon qualified bids, will cost above $100,000, of which over $30,000 will be provided by grants. An additional significant amount from rebates is expected to come from Efficiency Nova Scotia. The outcomes of this project will be significant in cost and environmental benefits, including the prevention of approximately 50,000 tons of carbon from being released into the atmosphere and oceans. Economically, this investment will save St. George and St. Andrews approximately $200,000 in costs and expenditures over the life of the project. St. George and St. Andrew United Church of Canada in Annapolis does not view this as a comprehensive adaptation towards the future only, but rather one of several important steps that include personal pledges by members of the congregation. These steps include an income pass, more efficient and non-polluting transportation, home repairs, support of local farms and businesses, and the elimination of plastic products. The Environmental Committee of St. George and St. Andrew has produced alternatives to plastic bags and was instrumental in lobbying the provincial government towards banning of single-use plastics. Also, at least once a year, they remove dozens and dozens of garbage bags of marine trash from our local beaches. Disposal of these is done in cooperation with a local environmental organization. The Church in Action or Environment Committee of St. George and St. Andrew is a committee that has attracted new folks, not only to this kind of work, but also brought them into the church. It's one of the very few committees where people are not burnt out and truly excited to work together and come up with new projects. Even in the last two years of COVID, which have been so devastating for all of us, we have not given up the work. Yes, let's not give up, but move forward step by step. For we are all in this together. April 6th is Earth Sunday, the beginning of Earth Week coming, a week when we are all challenged to consider the way that we are using the Earth's resources. Are we turning off lights that we're not using? Are we hanging clothes on the line to dry? This is the week we challenge to consider those things. A decade ago, there was a joke making the rounds. Climate change is why we wear our winter coats at Easter 
and our spring coats at Christmas. Ten years later, it's no longer a laughing matter. Increasingly, once-in-a-lifetime weather tragedies are fast becoming regular occurrences. And while many of us remember white Christmases and spring-in-the-air Easters, our youth have come to realize that that's no longer necessarily the norm. Our United Church is passionate about climate change. We're also passionate about youth leadership, and we've seen a great example of that this morning. Because we know that the world our youth will inherit from us is becoming increasingly fragile. Many of the solutions to this climate change crisis will come from them. With your help through the donations to the Mission and Service Fund, we support programs in Canada and around the globe helping people to cope with the rapidly changing climate. Your donations will also equip those who will make a difference tomorrow. Knowing that it will be the youth of today who will find the climate change solution of tomorrow, Mission and Service provides funding to United Church camps. Working directly with children in a natural setting helps them develop love and respect for creation and care and concern for the way our lifestyle choices impact the health of the planet and the world that we're passing on to them. Through programs such as Fridays for Future, Mission and Service educates youth about the injustice of climate change too. It's a program where youth are empowered towards civic action that informs governments and industries, pressuring them to make meaningful change. The United Church Mission and Service Fund supports and is empowering our youth to protect the world that they will inherit. And this support depends on the generosity of you and me. Every gift will contribute to making the different challenge of climate change into a very real possibility for the improved health of our planet and a better world for our children. Change affects all of us, but every action builds hope. Your gifts to M&S can and will make a difference for tomorrow, today. Thank you for your continued support of the fund. Let us bow our heads and pray. Gracious God, we bring our gifts. Bless them and us. We pray that the gifts received here today aid in the betterment of this world, that love is revealed, nourishment offered, and healing initiated. Amen. What can I bring? 
with all the earth, living with respect and creation, choosing love and seeking justice at all times. Instead, humankind has acted in hateful ways, exploiting natural resources, choosing power and seeking wealth in the present over future abundance. We need your help to fight for a better future. Help to reawaken our love for creation that is so magnificent that we, with all our creativity and knowledge, could never articulate it. And so passionate that we, with the personal price and communal cost, would still fight for it. Help to deepen our relationships and love for each other, affirming the wisdom of youth strikers, so that we are not discouraged by empty platitudes and naysayers, and growing our community of allies so that we can create a sustainable and faithful response the imminent climate crisis. For the sake of your majestic creation and for the love of all our relations, help us to fight for a better future. Amen. Amen. And as we close our service, we're going to sing a very familiar hymn written in 1864 for the beauty of the earth, which we celebrate today and continue to hold up and praise God for its beauty and its creation but we have our job to do. We are stewards of this earth. Please join us for the beauty of the earth. Let's stand.
and strong, but let all that you do be done out of love. May God bless you and keep you. May God's face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. Amen and hallelujah. Let us all repeat amen and hallelujah. Oh, I think we could do better. Ready? Amen and hallelujah. Let's sing a chorus of Go Make a Difference. And as we go this week, may we just do that. for their wonderful leadership today. Thank you all. May you all have a wonderful week. We're going to let you dance out, Jim and I, with a couple of songs. Have, so you can sit and listen, or you can go home and celebrate today and the earth. Lord, I